0: The signal man. Hello, there, down there? When he heard a voice thus calling to him, he was standing at the door of his box with a flag in his hand, furled around his short pole. One would have thought, considering the nature of the ground, that he could not have doubted from what quarter the voice came. But instead of looking up to where I stood at the top of the steep cutting, nearly over his head, he turned himself about and looked down the line. There's something remarkable in his manner of doing so. Though I could not have said to my li- or for my life what, but I know this was remarkable enough to attract my notice, even though his figure was foreshortened and shadowed deep down in the di- deep trench that mine was high above him. So steeped the glow of the angry sunset, that I shaded my eyes from my hand before I saw him at all. Hello lay down below! From looking down the line, he turned himself about again, raising his eyes, saw my figure high above him. Is there any pathway which I can come down and speak to ye? He looked up at me without replying. I looked down at him without pressing him too soon with a reputation of my idle question. What just then became a vague vibration in the air, earth and air, quickly changing into a violent pulsation, long-coming rush that caused me to start back as though it, forced, it had forced to draw me down. When such vapour as rose to my height from his rapid train passed me and was just skimmering away from the landscape, I looked down again and saw him referring the flag he had shown while the train went by. I repeated my inquiry after a pause during which he seemed to regard me with fixed attention, he motioned with his rolled-up flag towards a point on my level. Some two or three hundred yards' distance, I called down to him. All right, I made for the flat flag point, but my dint of looking closely at me, I found a rough zigzag descending path, not stout, which I followed. A cutting was extremely deep, unusually precipitated. It was made through a climbing stone, and became osier and wetter as I went down. For these reasons I found the way long enough to give me time to call with singular air, reluctance, or compulsion, which he had pointed out my path. But I came down low enough upon the zigzag descent to see him again. I saw him standing between the rails and the way by which the train had lately passed in an altitude as if he was waiting for me to reappear. He had his left hand on his chin, and the left elbow rested on his right hand, crossed over his breast. His attitude was one of such expectation and watching us, that I stopped a moment, wondering at it. I resumed my downward way, and stepping out upon the level of the railroad, and drawing nearer to him, saw that he was a dark, shallow man, with a dark beard and rather heavy eyebrows, his poses in his solitary, dismal a place, as ever I saw, an evil side, a dripping white well, a jagged stone, excluding all view, <clears throat> but a strip of sky, the perceptive one way, only a crooked, prolongation, of this great dungeon, the shorter perspective, pers- in a- another direction, terminating, a gloomy red light and a gloomy entrance to a black tunnel in those in whose massive architecture there were barbarous, depressing and forbidding air. So little sunshine light even found its way to this spot that it had an earthly, steadily smell, and so much cold wind rushed through it and struck, it struck uh, it struck chill to me as if I had left the natural world. Before he stirred, I was near enough to him, to have touched him, but even when removing his eyes from mine, he stepped back one step and lifted his hands. It was a loathsome post to occupy, I said. I was riveted. It had riveted my attention. I looked down upon from my yonder. A visitor was a rarity, I should suppose, but an unwelcome rarity, I hoped. To me, in me, you merely saw a man who'd been shut up within narrow limits all his life, who, being at last set free, had newly awakened interest in those great works. For such purpose, I spoke to him, but I am far from sure of the terms I use. Besides that I'm not happy in opening any conversation. There was something in the man that daunted me. He turned and most, he directed a most curious look towards the red light near the tunnel's mouth. I looked all about it, as if something were missing from it, and looked at me. The light was part of his change, was it not? Char- part of his charge, was it not? He answered in a low voice, don't you know it's, it it, it, it is? A monstrous thought came to my mind. I bespure, bruised the fixed eyes and the sultry thin face. That this is a spirit, not a man, I have speculated since. Whether there may have been infection in his mind. In my turn, I stepped back, but in taking the action, I detected in his eyes some later, latent fear of me this put out the muntress thought to flight you look at me i said forcing a smile it's as if i had dread of me i was doubtful he returned where have you seen you before where he pointed to the red light you looked at there i s- there i said intently watchful of me he replied but without a sound yes my dear, my good fellow, what should you do there? However, be, be that it, as it may, I never was there. You may you may swear. I think I may, you rejoined. Yes, I'm sure I may. His manners cleared like my own. He applied to all my remarks with readiness. His well-chosen words. Had he much to do there? Yes, that was that was to say he had enough responsibility to bear. Exactness and watchfulness were what was required to him, of actual work, actual manual work, labour. He had next to none, to change that signal, to trim those lights, and to turn this iron handle now and then was all he had to do under the head. The guardian news How long, Many long and lonely hours, which I seemed to make so much he could only say the routine of his life had it shaped itself to that form he had grown used to it he had taught himself a language down there he had only known it by sight and he had formed his own crude ideas of its pronunciation. could be called learning it he had worked at fractions and decimals and tried a little algebra but he was and had been a boy a poor hand at figures was it necessary for him when a duty always remained that channel, damp air that could he ever rise into sunshine from between those heavy those high stone walls, why that that depend upon times and in circumstances under some conditions, there would be less upon the line than other under others, and some held good to a certain hours of the day and night. In bright weather he did choose occasions of getting a little above those lovers shadows, but being all times liable to be called by his electric bell, and at such times listening for it with redoubled anxiety, a leaf was less than I would have supposed. He looked at me, he took me to his box, where there was a fire, a desk for an official book in which he could make certain entries telegraphic instrument, with his dull face and needles, and the little bell of which he had spoken. On my trusting what he would excuse, remark, he had been well educated. I hoped, I might say without offence, perhaps educated above that station. He observed that instances of slightly incodional, in such wise, would I rarely be found wanting among large bodies of men. He had heard, it was so in workhouses, in the police forces, even in that last desperate resource, the army, and that he knew it was so, more or less, in any great railway staff. He had been, when young, if I could believe it, sitting in that hut, he scarcely could, a student of natural philosophy, and attended lectures when he had run wild, misused his opportunities Gone down and never risen again. He'd no complaint to offer about that. He made his bed, he may lay upon it. It's far too late to make another. All that I, that I have here considered, he said in a quiet manner, condensed, he said in a, said in a quiet manner, with his grave dark regards, divided between me and my fire. He threw in the words, sir, from time to time, Eventually he referred to his youth, as though he would request me to understand that he claimed me nothing but I, what I found him. He had several times interrupted by the little bell and had to read off messages and send replies. Once he had to stand about the door and display a flag as a train passed and make some verbal communication to the driver. His charge of his duties observed him to be remarkably exact. Vigilant, breaking off his discourse the and remaining silent until what he had to do was done. In a word, I should have set this man down as one of the safest of men to be employed in that capacity, but for the that while he was speaking to me, he twice broke off, with paling colour, turned his face towards the little bell, when it did not ring. Opened the door of the hut which kept shut to exclude an unhealthy damp, and what looked out towards a red light near the mouth of the tunnel. On both of these occasions he came back t- to the fire, with the inexplicable air upon which I had remarked without being able to define when we were so far asunder. May said I, when I rose to leave him, you almost make me think that I have made with a c- contented man, afraid I must acknowledge, I said to him, said it to lead him on. I believe I used to, I used to be so, rejoiced in a low voice in which he had first spoken. Well, I am troubled, sir, I am troubled. He could have recalled the words. If he could. He had said them, however. I took them up quickly. With what? What is your trouble? It very. Re- Difficult to impart, to impart, sir. Very, very difficult to speak of. If ever you make me another visit, I'll try to tell you. I especially intend to make you an another visit, say. When shall it be? I'll go off early in the morning. I shall be on again at ten to tomorrow night, sir. I'll come at eleven. He thanked me and went out the door with me. I'll show you my white light, sir. He said in his cute low voice, Till you found the way up, when you found it, don't call out. And when you went at the top, don't call out. Your manners seem to make this s- place strike colder to me. I said them all then, very well. And when you come down tomorrow night, don't call out. Let me take you, let me ask you a parting question. Where, what made you cry hello? Who there, low there, tonight? heaven those, I said, i cried something to that effect. Not to that effect, sir. They were all—they would have all very words. I know them well. amit those were the were very words I said. No doubt, because I say so. You belong. For no other reason. What other reason could the pussy have? I do. I know feeling. that They conveyed to you, in any supernatural way, no. You wish me a good night, and held up his light. I walked on the side of the down line of the rails, with a very disagreeable sensation of a train coming behind me. Until I found the path, it was easier to mount, then descend. I got back to my inn without any adventure. Punctual to my appointment, I placed my foot on the first notch of the zigzag next night, and the distant clocks were striking eleven. He was waiting for me at the bottom, with his white light on. I have not called out. I said when we came together. May I speak now? By all well, means, sir. cold night, then. Here's my hand. Good night, sir. Here's mine. What? What? That? With that, we walked along. S- we walked side by side to his box, entered its closed door, and sat down by the fire. I have made my mind, sir. I've made, made up my minds, sir he began bending forward as soon as he was seated and speaking a tone little above me a whisper you shall not have to ask me twice what troubles me i took you for someone else yesterday evening that troubles me what, that mistake no the same as someone else who is it i don't know like me i don't know i never saw his face this arm is across his face and the right arm is wide Finally violently waved, violently waved this way. I follow his action with my eyes. an action of my arm, oscillating, with the uttermost passion and vehemence. For God's sake, clear the way. One moonlight night, said the man. I was sitting here when I heard a cry. All of you would be down below there, I startled up. Looked from that door and saw this someone else standing by the red light near the tunnel waving at us as I could I just showed you a voice seen holes and shouting and it cried Look out look out and then attained, Hallelujah, a below the there look out I caught my lamp, turned it on and read and ran towards the vicar, calling what's wrong? What was happened? Where? As it stood just outside the blackness of the tunnel, we weren't so close. Upon what I wondered, as I was keeping the sleeve across its eyes, I ran right up to it, and had my hand stretched out to pull the sleeve away. Then it was gone. Into the tunnel, said I. No, I ran into the tunnel. Five hundred yards, I stopped and held my lamp above my head, and saw the figures of the measured distance, and saw the wet stains. Stealing down the walls and truckling through the oil arc, I ran out further, faster, and I ran in, for I had a moral abundance to the police upon me. I looked all around the red light with my own red light. I went up the iron ladder to the gallery atop. I bet I came back down, I came down again. I ran back there, here, and I telegraphed both ways. Alarm had been given, is everything wrong? Alarm came back. Of oh, ways, oh wow, well. resisting the slow touch, a frozen finger tracing out my spine. I showed him how this figure must be a deception of his sense of sight, and how that figure's arranging. His disease and delicate nerves, and minister to the functions of the eye, were known to have met, often troubled patients, some of whom had become conscious of the nature of their affliction, and even been proven it by experiments upon themselves. "'As to a measuring said I, "'but do not but listen for a moment to the wind. It is unnatural valley while we speak so low, and to the wild harp it makes a telegraph sing.' "'That was very well,' he returned, after we sat listening for a while. He ought to have known something of the wind and wires, for he so often passed long winter nights, here there, alone and watching, B would beg to remark he was not finished. I asked his pardon, and he slowly added these words, touching my arm. Within six hours after the of after Ukraine the memorial momental accident on this line happened. Within ten hours the dead and wounded were brought up along through the tunnel, over the spot where the figure had stopped st- stood stood. A disagreeable shudder crept over me but I did not my best against it. He was not to be denied or rejoined. That was, this was a remarkable coincidence, calculated deeply to impress his mind. But it was unquestionable. A remarkable coincidence did not continually occur, and there must be taken account in dealing with such a manner of subject. Though, so, to be sure, I must admit, I added, for I thought I saw, He was going to bring the objection to bear upon me. Men of common sense did not allow much of conveniences in making the ordinary calculations of life. He again begged to remark that he had not finished. I again begged his pardon for being betrayed into interruptions. This, he said, again laying his hand upon my arm and glancing over his shoulder with eyes. was just a year ago, or six or seven months past. I discovered from the surprise and sharp. from one morning, that the day was breaking, while he, standing at the door, looked towards the red light, and saw the inspector again. He stopped, with a fixed look at me. Did he cry out? No, it was silent. Did he wave his arm? No, it leaned against the shaft of light. Your both eyes may up before its face like this. Once more I followed his actions with my eyes. His action of the morning. I have seen such att- attitude. in stone figures and stood on tombs. Did you? Did you go up to it? I came in and sat down. Partly to reclaim my thoughts. Partly because it turned me faint. When I went to the door again, daylight was above me. A ghost was gone. But nothing happened, followed. Nothing came of this. He touched me in the arm with his forefinger, twice or thrice, giving me a ghastly nod each time. Every day your train came out of the tunnel. I noticed there's a carriage window on my side. I looked like a fusion of hands and my heads. And something waved. I saw, just in time, to signal the driver. me, shut off and put his brake on. The train drifted past here a hundred and fifty yards or more. I ran after it and as I went along heard terrible screams and cries A beautiful young lady died instantly in one of the compartments I was brought in here. Lay down on the floor between us. Eventually, I pushed my chair back as a look from the bowl was at the which he pointed to himself. True, sir, precisely as it happened, so I tell it to you. I couldn't Think of nothing to say, at any purpose, and my mouth was very dry. A wind, of the wires took up the story with a long lamenting wail. He resumed. Now, sir, mark this, and judge. It now my mind is troubled. I expect to come back of a, a week, a week ago. Ever since it has been here, now and again, my by fits and starts, at the night, at the light, at the danger light. What, what does it seem to do? repeated it possible with increased passion vehemence, That the form of just, just For Christ, God's sake, clear the way. Then he went on. I have no peace or rest for that. It calls to me for many minutes together. In my nagging manner. Below here I look out and look out. It's stands, stands waving at me. It rings my little bell. I caught at that. Did it ring your bell yesterday evening, when I was here, and you went to the door? Twice. Well, see, said I, said I. now how your imagination misleads you. My ears were on the bell, my ears were open to the bell. I am a living man, for it did not ring at these times, nor at any other time, except when it was rung in the natural course of physical things, by the station commun- communicating with you. He shook his head. I have never made a state as that yet, sir, I've been never confused a spectre's ring with a man's. A ghost ring is a strange vibration in a bell, to rise for nothing else. I have not asserted that the bell stirs in the art to the eye. I don't wonder what I failed to hear it. But I heard it. And did the spectre seem to be there when he looked out? It was there. Both times he repeated both times "'Will you come to the door with me and look it for a while?' "'He bit his underlip as though he was something, somewhat unwilling, "'but arose, I opened the door and stood on the step. "'While he stood in the doorway, there was the danger light. "'There was a dismal mouth of the tunnel. "'There were, were the high, wet stone walls of cutting. "'There were the stars above them. "'Did you see it?' I asked him, taking particular note of his face. His eyes were prominent strange. Not much much more so and perhaps than my own had been when, direct, when i had directed my head directed the emergency towards the same spot. No, he answered. It's not there. Agreed. Said I. We went in again, shut the door, and resumed our seats. I was thinking how best to improve his advantage. It must might be called one. We well, took up the conservation to the Matter of course, by assuming that we could be no longer quest- serious question of fact between us, I felt was myself placed in the weakness of pretensions. What is time? You you fully understand, sir? Said what we, what troubles me so dreadfully in is this question? What does the spectre mean? I'm not sure. I told him, I had did not fully understand. What is the warning against? He said, ruminating. His eyes on the fire, only by the times turning them on me, on me. What is the danger? What is the danger? What is the danger over over hanging somewhere on this line? So currently Colonel Ratburn. It it's not to be doubted the first the first third time, other than what has gone before. But surely this is a calling on me. What can I do? He pulled out his tanker tooth and wait, drops from his heated hot forehead. If I telegraph danger, on either side of me or both. I give no reason for it, he went on, wiping his palms to his face. I should get in trouble and do no good. They may think I am mad. This is the way you, it would work. Message. Danger. Take care. Answer. What danger? Where? Message. Don't know. But, for God's sake, take care. Don't. They would not displace me. What could they do? His pain of mind was most pitiable to see, hidden mental torture of a conscious man oppressed beyond endurance by an an intelligible responsibility involving life. When it first stood under the danger light, he went on, putting his dark hair back from his head and drawing his hands towards, across, and across his temples in extremity of feverish distress. Why not tell me where the accident was to happen? If it, had, if it just must happen, why not tell me now how it could be averted? If it could have been averted, when on his second comi- coming, it hit its face. Why not tell me instead? She came in to die. Let them keep her at home. If it came on those two occasions on you show me. And his warnings were true, and so to prepare me for the third, why not warn me plainly now? Ay, oh, Lord, help! Oi oh, Lord, help me! I'm mere poor sick man on his solitary station. Why oh, got to do somebody a credit to be believed and act the will? When I saw him in this state, I saw that, this poor man's sake, as well as the public safety, what I had to go to do the time was to compromise his mind therefore setting aside my question of reality, or reality between us i was represented to him that whoever thoroughly discharge of his duty must do well and at least he was his comfort he understood his duty though he did not understand those confounding appearances in his effort i succeeded far better in any attempt to reason him out with his conviction he became calm, the occupant, incidentally to his post at, as the night advanced towards, began, as the night began to make larger demands on his attention. I left him at two in the morning and I, I had offered to stay throughout the night, but he would do not hear of it. What more than I more looked then what then I more than once looked back. The red light has ascended the pathway. I did not like the red light. I could should have slept, but the poorly if my if my bed had been under it, I see no reason to conceal, nor did I like the two sequences, the accent and the dead girl. I see no reason to conceal them that either. By that what ran most of my faults with consideration. Now, how ought I at, to act, having become an, a, a recipient of disclosure, I have proven a man to be intelligent, vigilant, painstaking as that? But now, how long might be, may so in his mind? statement mine, though in his subhorrent position, still might have held a most important trust. And would I, for instance, take, like to stake my own life in the chances? Continue to execute at it with position. Unable to overcome a feeling it would be something treacherous in my communicating what he told me to his superiors in a company without first being playing with himself and proposing a middle course to him, I ultimately resolved to offer to occupy him, otherwise keeping his secret for the present. The wisest medical practitioner he could hear of in these parts to take up his opinion. A change of time, a duty, would come round next night. He would surprise appraise me, and we would be off uh, an hour or two. After sunrise and on again, soon after sunset i had appointed to return accordingly next evening was quite a lovely evening i walked out early to enjoy it the sun was not quite down when i traversed the field-throw path near top the deep cutting i would extend my walk for an hour i said to myself half an hour an hour back that it would be the time to go to my signal-box before pursuing my stroll i stepped to the rink McKinney looked down from the point from which I first seen him. I cannot describe the thrill that seized upon me when, close at the mouth of the tunnel, I saw the appearance of a man with his left sleeve across his eyes, passionately waving his left-right arm, a nameless horror that perused me. Passing a moment for a moment I saw the appearance of a man which stood indeed. Here were a little group of other men standing at a short distance, whom um, he seemed to be rehearsing, dressed made? made a danger light was not yet lit, lighted. Against its shaft, a little hut, entirely new to me, had been made of some wooden supports and tarpaulin, looked no bigger than a bed. With an irrational sense of something was wrong, with a flashing, self-approaching fear that made fatal mischief, I came, my, came to my leaving that the man there causing no one to send, to overlook or correct what he did. They sent and noticed the path, as speed could make. What is the matter? I asked the man. Signal man killed this morning, sir. Not the man belonging to that box. Yes, sir. Not the man I know. Why will you recognise him, sir? If he knew him, said the man who spoke to the other, suddenly uncovering his own head, raising the end of the top holly. His face is quite composed. Oh, how did this happen? How did it happen? I asked, turning from one to another, as the heart closed in the camera. He was cut down by an engine, sir. No man in England knew he was done better, but somehow he was not clear of the outer rail. He was just a broad day. He had sh- struck the light and had the lamp in his hand. And An engine came out of the tunnel. His back was towards her, and she g- cut him down. A man drove her, was showing how it happened. So, show the gentleman, Tom. The man who wore a, doll, wore a rough dress stepped back to his former lace to the corner of the tunnel, mouth of the tunnel. Coming round the curve in the tunnel, sir, he said, I saw him at the end, like as if I saw him down a perceptive, perceptive class. You had no time to check speed. I knew him to be very careful. He didn't seem. To take heed of the whistle, I shut it off when he was running down upon him, and called to him as loud as I could call. What did you say? I said, below there, look out, look out, for God's sake, clear the way. I'm startled. Aye, it was a dreadful time, sir. I never left off calling to him. I put this arm around before my eye, eye. not to see. I waved his arm to the left at last. But it was no use without prolonging. A narrative to the dwell on any one of its characters, more than any other. I may, in closing it, point out the coincidence that the warning of the engine driver included not only the words of which the unfortunate sick man had repeated to me as haunting him, but the words which I myself, not he, had attached, and only in my own mind, the justification he had imitated.